Amen. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us this morning. Those of you in the live stream audience, great to have you with us. This is Genesis Gathering, and we're just excited to be here and to be there and to be sharing God's love and to be doing so in a way that's non judgmental, in a way that's inclusive. And no matter where you're from, what your background, what your current lifestyle, what your choices are, you're loved of God. You're a human being that Jesus died for and included in his reconciliation of humanity to God. And that makes you important to him. And that makes you important to us. We welcome you because he has welcomed you. So welcome to Genesis Gathering. A couple of things to get started. If you would like to engage with us at any time during the service, either with a prayer request, a comment, a response to a question that's being asked, the way you do that is by texting 720-878-3323. Or you can type your comments into the chat window on your device there. With that, we uh, Matt is going to start us off with a a secular song. See, I, I've learned not to separate secular and sacred. I really don't believe in God's kingdom. He looks at the world that way and separates out Christians from non-Christians. We do that as Christians, and it's not very Christian-like. And it's certainly not God-like because he doesn't do it. So one of the songs we're going to do this morning is from uh, one of my favorite rock bands, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to be me. It's going to be Lisa. Oh, it's, it's not going to be Matt. It's going to be my daughter. I'm not singing you, at all. No, Jeff, do you want to no, sing? No, let me get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, you weren't up You here. said we. It's like, okay. took my love and I took it down. I climbed a mountain and I turned around. And I saw my reflection in the snow-covered hills to the lands I brought. child within my heart rise above can I sail through the changing ocean tides can I handle the seasons of my life mm -mm, I don't know So, 
Well, I've been afraid of changing Cause I, I built my life around you but time makes you bolder Even children get older And I'm getting older too Oh, I'm getting older too So take this love, take it down Oh, if you climb a mountain and you turn around and if you see my reflection in the snow-covered hills where the landslide will bring it down and if you see my reflection in the snow-covered Hills. Well, maybe the landslide will bring it down. Well, well, the landslide will bring it down. I forgot to say this one's for you, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs>
in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith would be made stronger in the presence of thank you for music of all kinds. We thank you for the beauty that you've created in this world and this universe all around us, Father. We thank you for the opportunity to partake in that by singing and enjoying sounds. We love you. atmosphere and presence, I want to pray for Turkey and Syria and the region specifically affected by the earthquake. I was very mindful yesterday as I was um, thinking about what had happened over there this week. It was just Monday. I'm sure you know the news, right? There was a terrible earthquake, one of the strongest that there's been in decades. And um, it, I believe, has taken upwards of 25,000, not 2,500, 25,000 lives at this point in what they know. And um, I was mindful yesterday of all that I have and enjoy and the comforts this morning when I was showering, I was mindful of standing there in this wonderful, warm environment and enclosure of rain, what felt like rain, and that there are people, families, individuals, children, who all comfort has been completely ripped from death in their families, they're struggling just to eat, to stay warm. They're living on the street or wherever they can. 
imagine. I mean, we can't, right? We don't relate. Could we just cry out to the Lord for a moment for his mercy to come into those circumstances and to supernaturally provide, to make a way for the provisions now that are being shipped and flown and so forth, massive um, amounts of help and supplies and so forth are making their way there, but uh, it's just going to be, you know, years for the people there to get back on their feet and, and be restored, and, and nothing will restore those whose lives have been taken. And so, Father, as we enjoy this morning and all the many blessings that we have, we stop and we want to bring to you that region of Turkey and Syria that was affected by this quake. God of mercy, pour out your spirit, move by your hand, bring comfort and warmth and understanding and healing to every family, every individual, every heart of the thousands, tens of thousands that are directly affected by this in one way or another. We do pray that all of the supplies and the goods, the medical equipment and med medicines will find their way there quickly, that those things will not be robbed or stolen or diverted elsewhere. We pray that you would raise up caregivers, supernaturally mend brokenness, supernaturally heal bodies. God, comfort and be with the families of those who have lost loved ones specifically. We lift this situation to you, God. You are a God of comfort. You are a God of healing. You are a God who understands. You weren't distant. You, you climb into this darkness. You climb right into this great sorrow with us. Thank you for being there, Jesus. And we pray in his precious name. Amen. It's just hard almost to do anything else. <clears throat> In, in light of what happened there. Well, this morning is going to be real, a, a real different take on what, what we're doing, how we're expressing it, and really I think most of, I, I think a lot of what we wanted to shift to is being realized more and more each week. It's like there's an element added, and, and this is really what I'm after. And I'm thankful. Um, for those who are unaware, we have deconstructed from being a very traditional church that you come to sing exclusively Christian worship songs. And then I, as a minister, talk to you and tell you what you need to do, how you need to live, what you need to change. And then we do uh, an assorted uh, a number of things that many people who are not connected to faith, connected to the church, have no 
It has no relevance for them and they don't understand. You know, it's very Christianized. We're really deconstructing from that and wanting to create an environment that you could feel comfortable bringing anyone to and that there would be meaningful things during our gathering that w was helpful to them. It might be the song that was sung. It might be some of the words that we share here in the quote message. It could be, you know, what, whatever those things. So um, I'm, I, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for this new direction. For this morning, what's on my mind is keeping it really simple and, and really building off of the, the thrust of discussing discussion time because that's one of the real differences now in what we're doing what we've deconstructed to I I don't want to spend 45 minutes preaching to you I want to raise a topic speak about that whet your appetite and then I want to discuss that well this morning is really going to major on the discussion part I'm going to just start us with something that happened to me this week and then uh, ask you to feed into that and for your comments, your thoughts, and, and we'll just see where we go from, from here. Last week, when I arrived for our Sunday morning service, I was getting out of my car, and just ahead of me, another individual from first service at St. John's had gotten out of their car, and they had already started walking. Now, I know this individual. In fact, we even work in bingo together. And they, they turned quickly and noticed me and started to keep walking and, and just said, good morning, all right. A and I would expect as much, you know, I don't know what's on their mind or what they might have to do and so forth. I'm getting my stuff and I'm starting to walk. And then this individual stops. And they turn around and they engage with me and we talk as we're walking. I mentioned the weather to which this individual responded with, with quite heightened, uh, oh, maybe emotions, I, I, I guess, you know, it was... It was a little elevated. It wasn't mean. I'm not saying that it wasn't nasty or anything. It was just a little animated, you know. Uh, I think I commented about enjoying the cool weather. And, oh, I don't enjoy the cold weather. You know, it was that kind of thing. I don't like cold weather. And I said, well, it's so great to sleep in. Well, yeah, it is good to sleep in. Okay, so you get sort of the tone of it right. And we keep walking, we get in. I received an email from this individual on Monday. And they said this. I want to apologize to you for my negativity on Sunday, having hating or hated the cold weather. I was nervous about reading in front of the congregation, and my response was overly dramatic and negative. I actually don't hate the cold, but I don't like it either. There are many things I love about Colorado, especially the summers, the fall, and the mountains. Signed, this individual. So, I responded 
And here's what I said. You know, regarding Sunday, don't even mention it. I didn't think or feel for a moment that you were being negative. Interesting that you referred to this. I was just this morning, Monday morning, during my gym workout listening to Susan David and her TED Talk entitled, quote, The Gift and Power of Emotional Courage, end quote. The point of her talk was that conventional views of emotions as good or bad, positive or negative, are rigid and toxic in a complex environment, such as the one you were experiencing. In fact, now that I know you were rushing in, you had responsibilities to come beyond the platform and read, uh, you know, there was a lot going on in her mind and she was concerned about doing a good job and so forth. I especially enjoyed referring now to Susan David and her TED Talk. I said, I especially enjoyed her greeting to the crowd, Swabono, or Swabana, which is Zulu, Zulu for hello. It means, I see you, and by seeing you, I bring you into being. Thank you, I said to this individual. Thank you for seeing me. You didn't have to hold up, wait for me, talk. You had important things pressing you. You brought me into being, and by doing so, gave me the gift of feeling loved and appreciated. Do you relate to that at all? Do you relate to having a lot of things in your mind, on your mind and being busy and maybe not giving somebody the attention they deserved? Have you ever felt bad about not giving somebody the attention they deserved? Have you ever felt bad that somebody ignored you that you thought maybe would take a, a little bit of time? And what is it about us that's so important that somebody else acknowledge us, take a few moments, recognize us, talk to us? It, it almost doesn't matter what they say, per se, just her turning, stopping, instead of continuing, meant a lot. I figured she was busy. She was early. She was arriving to service early as, as I was. I get here well before the first service starts. <clears throat> Give me some feedback. And any comment specifically on Swabana or Swabono, the Zulu for hello. I see you, and by seeing you, I bring you into being. We'll want to use a comment mic, so I'm going to get this one.
Jeff, if you could, we'll need the red microphone turned on. And then be sure you've turned it test, on. Test, test, um, I deeply agree with this thought of emotions have always been labeled as good or bad, or you're not supposed to be depressed, or you're not supposed to feel sad or angry. Don't be angry. Don't get upset about that. And we've been conditioned to have those responses that when we're having those emotions, it's, it's negative. We got to get rid of them quickly, and it's really bad for us. And um, a lot of the things that are being talked about now is recognizing those emotions and stopping in those moments to recognize that emotion um, and just sitting with it, which you hear that and you're like, okay, feel, feel your feelings is a big saying right now. Um, feel your feelings? Yeah, feel your feelings. So um, I've been thinking, well, how do I feel my feelings? And then when I have those feelings, I'm like, what do I do? Um, for me, I, just, I literally will stop and say, I feel sad right now. Why, why am I feeling sad? And just acknowledging it makes a huge difference to me. Um, I also love what you said about being seen and known. Um, and I think for all of us, that's what we want, is to be known, to be recognized as a person who's worthwhile. And it makes a huge difference to receive that from somebody. about this idea of <coughs> that when somebody recognizes you, they stop, as this individual did for me, kind of like a, a hello, not just with your voice, but with your whole body, right? That they stop, that they turn, that they engage with me, it's like hello with your whole body. How about the idea that the Zulus have with their hello, that by doing that, you bring that other person into being. What does that mean? Um, there's a comment in the chat from Pam, and it says, I think a smile and a nod is my favorite. Just acknowledging someone. All right. Jeff, if you could get a shot, zero in close, please, on all of us with the camera. Yeah, right here. Zoom in real close, just head and shoulders on all of us. All right, everybody turn. And in just a minute, you're going to smile, turn and face the camera, smile, and give a nod <laughs> for Pam. I want everybody to do that this morning. <laughs> could we? Pam's... Pam's one of our great church members, normally would be here with us. She's not able this morning. Let's turn. Everybody, come on. Give Pam a big smile and just nod. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> I think the, uh, the part about being seen, um, one of the most frustrating things is when you feel misunderstood. Uh, I had a, a very difficult, frustrating meeting with uh, someone that I work with this this week, and basically everything that we were talking about, she would like 
misconstrue my words and and say them back in a way that would that made it seem like I was mm. uh it was very frustrating uh and eventually I just stopped talking and I think there's like there are things that 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 kill relationships and and do not acknowledge you as as a human and there are things that validate you as a human and even if I don't agree with you I can still acknowledge who you are and what you're saying as as valid um without having to say yes I want the Eagles to win today I can understand why someone would say I want the Eagles to win today <laughs> yes yes and uh how appropriate so we're also you're going to have to oh my mic right now okay so all right i'll just go to the hand okay um get this one turned off so <laughs> ever since i've acknowledged that i am a chiefs fan and in particular, Mahomes, right? I've been getting razzed, and in particular from people at first service and at bingo. There's been, been a number of people. Well, there's a, the couple that runs the sound for St. John's. This morning, uh, he started sending me Eagles memes this week. Okay. Okay. <laughs> To which I replied to one of them, you are evil and must be destroyed. Um, but then <laughs> this morning I had to slip out. Uh, again, we're kind of a team back there and I oversee the media for St. John's and so forth. And uh, everything was normal. I had slipped out and had an extended stay out, out of the sanctuary. And when I came back in, they had run some paper, what do you call this stuff? Crate, crate paper streamers across the podium here in green and white. They, they, they outlined, ran, we have a camera pole in the back. And, and so they outlined the camera pole with white and green streamers. One of the light poles with, see. Now, all of that is, of course, in fun jest, but in actuality, you know what that does for me? It brings me into being. It says hello. So I'm not so sure that the things that we do for others all week long need to be large expenditures or way out beyond our being or take a lot of our, our ability or take a lot of time. It could be the simplest of things. It is that hello that brings us into being. Anybody else want to comment on this while we're... All right, let's hand the microphone back to Jim. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I... Well, I believe in like self-kindness too, you know. I believe that you got to have self-kindness in yourself because sometimes it's easy to beat yourself up. And if you if you always have negative thoughts like like this person is saying something bad about you, then 
you know, that's what you're going to believe. But if you have self-kindness in yourself, knowing that maybe that person is just going through something too, you know, and understanding maybe where they're coming from too, and it'll make yourself feel a lot better because you're knowing that, that they are, it's maybe them, not you, you know. microphone back to Jim and and then while Jim's getting the microphone I, w I want at least one of you to be looking up a scripture would you yeah. if you if if something we're talking about comes to mind in a Bible verse would you just be looking it up or if you already know the reference uh, and uh, I'll get it from you here and I'd like to read it over the air when I think of the phrase, I see you, I'm reminded of Avatar. And it's so much more in meaning in that movie than I acknowledge and see you in front of me. The light is shining off of you and so I can see that reflection of light from you. It is more of, I am connecting. And I'm also reminded of the word, or not the word, the book, uh, everyone communicates, few connect. And it's that connection that, that I see you means. As an example, based upon what you had just said, when I was in Sam's Club yesterday, I had walked by the person manning the, the customer service desk. And she was standing there staring off into space with more of a frown on her face. And I walked by and I looked at her and I says, I'm sorry, but you've lost something. She says, oh, what is that? And I said, your smile. And immediately, brightness came to her being again. And that was that sort of connection. I see you. I see that there's something going on in your life just by your demeanor and interjected. Wow, how awesome. That book, by the way, that Jim referred to is Everyone Communicates, Few Connect. It's by John C. Maxwell, if you're wanting to pick a copy up. Other comments? We are monitoring the chat. Also, you can text 720-878-3323 with any comments or questions. All right, scriptures. Did you find one? Well, I thought you were going to give me one to look up. <laughs> oh, okay. No, you're going to do the work. And Okay. Do you think it applies to that? I'm going to have you read it over the microphone. I don't know, maybe. If you feel like it. Sure, yeah. I'll read it. Sure. Well, I just... I had noticed when I came in today on the stained glass window, the scripture, so I looked it up to see what it said. And it says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. 
The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. So if there isn't somebody else that's going to acknowledge you, you can know that the Lord's there. He's right there. He acknowledges you. Well, he sure does. So that works both ways, doesn't it? So when I'm alone, truly alone, for whatever reason, I can turn my faith, my trust, my gaze to him, to the Lord, for we know he's with us. He never leaves us, never forsakes us. But then I know I have times in my life where even though I have this pretty wonderful relationship and intimate relationship with Jesus, and I know him and have walked with him for quite a long time now, 55 years, there's days where that just isn't, you know, it's, it's not communicating what I need. It, it, it's not touching me in the way that I need in the moment. And someone, another human being, will smile or say a word of encouragement or I'll listen to something in that spark. So I'm really, with all of this, going somewhere this morning. And it's the word community. Jim, you could not have said that to that lady via a text. Wouldn't have worked, right? And of course, in the moment, you didn't know her and you didn't have her number anyway. When we hold ourselves aloof from community, we miss so much of coming in to being. God designed us as creatures who are made for community, made for oneness with each other, and I am incomplete without you. The group that I meet with of ministers, we had our meeting this past week, and there was a gentleman from England on the call, and I shared this meaning, in fact, the little story that I've shared with you, and then the hello, the Zulu word for hello. Now, he travels between England and South Africa and has a compound in South Africa and a part of their ministry is in South Africa. And he said, well, did you know that the Ubuntu word for hello means I am because you are. I am because you are. Hello. I am because you are. See, when you're not, I'm not complete. When you withhold yourself from me, I'm not complete. If I withhold myself from you, whatever that means, I just decide whether emotionally or physically, I just, you know, I'm not going to be around you, not going to be with you, don't want to see you, not going to go there today, whatever that might translate into. I am withholding something that makes you, you. And that is the dynamic. See, we are the body 
of Christ. He's the head. We are the body. And you don't have to be a churchgoer to be the body of Christ. You don't have to be up on your prayers and your Bible reading. Let's say you haven't read the Bible in the last year or ever. In fact, you have serious doubts about how much of it you can believe. Did you know that doesn't change God's love? Did you know that that doesn't change the fact that you are his body? I want to read something to you that comes from this book. And uh, I'd encourage you to write the name, title of it down and, and consider getting it. It's called Movements of Grace. The Dynamic Christo-Realism of Barth, Bonhoeffer, and the Torrances. Four great theologians, authors, pastors who this gentleman, it's by Jeff McSwain. Jeff McSwain, M-C, capital S-W-A-I-N, Jeff McSwain. He takes those four authors on the subject of grace and sort of summarizes much of what they've written. All right, so I'm going all the way to the back of the book in the conclusion. <laughs> it's just... Oh, this book is so, so meaty, so full. But I'm going to have it on the screen because I am going to read several of the paragraphs here. And I want you to be able to follow along. So if reading along and seeing the words on the screen helps, so be it. Let me read a couple of the paragraphs here as we consider the subject of being one, community with one another. In our discussion of Barth, Bonhoeffer and the Torrances, we have described reality in terms of an ongoing dynamic, the double movement of grace. We have seen how important it is to articulate grace as a yes to a yes, not simply a unilateral yes from God to humans. Indeed, grace includes our human response and far from belittling us or depersonalizing us, actually gives us the responsibility, response ability, I like the way he broke that out, to freely respond by the Holy Spirit within the ongoing human response of our brother, Jesus Christ. As our mediator, it is Jesus Christ, first and foremost, who keeps faith with God, who obeys God, who worships God, who serves God, and who comprehensively substitutes for and represents all of his human brothers and sisters in the Father in all things of God. What a joy to know that Jesus Christ, in a sense, brackets our existence, keeping the eternal covenant of grace between God and humanity from both sides. Of course, we are continually resisting the gift of grace by attempting to extract our actions toward God from this double movement and set them on their own ground. Our sinful minds tempt us to think in self-justifying ways or as the branch detached from the vine, as if we were generating acts of faith, love, worship, service, and so on from ourselves. In the preceding chapters, we have noted how susceptible we can be to humanistic thinking in the areas of the gospel proclamation, the gospel response, obedience, and prayer. It is easy to acknowledge 
that a, and I love this term, watch this. It is easy to acknowledge that a muscular Christianity is a heavy yoke that leads to the disillusion, to disillusionment and burnout. But the question inevitably arises, if in reality we, in reality, we are already and always preaching, responding, obeying, and praying because of our union with Christ and the Spirit, does that mean we do not have to do those things? To believe in Jesus Christ is to know that we don't have to do them at all. Excuse me while I... The reality doesn't change if we do or if we don't. Now, I'm, I'm going to reread that sentence. That's, it's just so amazing to me. It's so life-giving. To believe in Jesus Christ is to know that we don't have to do them at all. Do what? Pray, read, right? Preach, obey, all of those things. We don't have to do them at all. The reality doesn't change if we do or if we don't. But to believe is also to know and experience this kind of unconditional love to such an extent that we can't help but do them. As we have learned from Barth and Bonhoeffer, it is here that we enter the freedom and the joy of the obedience of Christ. He who, he who obeyed, not to gain the Father's love, but because he knew that he was loved. In the same way, we love God because God first loved us. I'll stop there. I'm not sure if I had more slides, but we'll stop there. I want you to know that you are loved. But see, that becomes cliche. I want you especially to know that every human being you meet or see is loved just as much. No matter their lifestyle, no matter their choices, no matter their faith, God has already done it in Christ. It was His grace he redeemed them, and he took all of humanity and reconciled humanity, not just churchgoers, into himself. So he obeys, he prays, he reads, he does everything. And whether I do or not doesn't change that he has and that everything's in him. He pleases God perfectly. It's not me pleasing God. It's Jesus who has pleased God perfectly for me, in me, through me, and I'm in him. But here's the deal as described in what we just read. That love, that grace is so powerful that it causes me to want to pray, to want to worship, to want to come and fellowship in gathering, to want to obey him. Not because I have to, but because he loves me so deeply. That is at the heart of community. That is at the heart of gathering. And when we've been transformed by calling each other into being, acknowledging each other with kindness and love, which is really what he does, that's him through us, in us, then that community finds expression.
in Sobana. Swobana. Hello. I see you. I am because you are because you are. Say it with me. I am because you are. Isn't that good? I am because you are. Well, I'm sure we probably have some prayer requests, and so Matt's getting ready to come up and help us with that here in just a second. And uh, Jim, you have further comment? Could we hand Jim the microphone? You have a scripture. Excellent. And I thought that's appropriate. It's actually 1 Corinthians 9, 21 and 22. It says, and this is the NLT version, when I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from the law so that I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of God. I, it actually says I obey the law of Christ. It, it refers to the law from God and from Christ, which is the same. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to the love of God or to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share its blessings. May, may I springboard off of that? I love that passage. Watch this. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 16. Listen, everybody, as, as you think about, well, is it really right for me to look at somebody who's not a Christian and consider them one with God as I am? I mean, don't they have to jump through this and pray this and go to church and listen to this? Verse 16, so from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Although we once regarded Christ in this way, we don't any longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, not a, not a condition, a conclusion. Therefore, anyone in Christ, he's a new creature. Start seeing everyone in Christ and start giving everyone a hello, as Jim did, the kiosk attendant. How beautiful. How beautiful. Anything else? Let me, uh, I'll just run real quick to the uh, chat and see if I see anything. Um, and then, Matt, do you want to go ahead and say something else? Yeah, there's a response that came in. Uh, Nina forwarded a text from Jeff that says, um, we want to know that we are seen because some people are so lonely that they need to be acknowledged to be made to feel a accepted or important or worthy and in the chat Ralph uh, talked about when Hagar fled from, uh, from Sarah she named God the God who sees me wow. which gave her strength to continue and go back Wow! and he follows that one more since I realized that since I realized that I am loved no matter what my ways of expressing that love back to him have become so different. No matter, no more preaching, no more worship as I was used to. But my way, so powerful. No, not many others recognize the worship in it, but my Father in heaven does. <laughs> okay. Mr. Whipple, 
Whipple. Whipple. Don't squeeze the Charmin. Now we have an older crowd was here. Was that his so. name, Whipple? <laughs> Mr. <Yes>. Whipple? <laughs> he was the Charmin guy. Yes. You know, he was a store owner, if you're not familiar. I'm sure all of you are familiar. Um, this was actually, I didn't see it until later because I didn't watch TV when I was young. I didn't see it until I was like an adult. But in the, I think in the 70s probably, and maybe 80s, uh, it was a Charmin commercials, and it was like a store owner, and the women would come into the store and like squeeze the Charmin, and he would tell them, don't squeeze the Charmin. But then they catch him squeezing the Charmin because it's so soft. Mr. Whipple. Whipple, Whipple. Mm, all right, on that note, on that highly spiritual note. <laughs> Do we need to have space? Thank you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, um, it doesn't have to be spiritual. It doesn't have to be a highly spiritual space. And, and whatever that means. Right. What, what make, I mean, what, what would make it, what would make it spiritual in, a, in our minds, we think, Certain things are spiritual, and again, it's that dualism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that what Ralph was talking about um, previously, I lived under so much shame and guilt um, trying to be something so that God would accept me, not realizing I was already accepted by God. And when I experienced that freedom, I now I feel passion about doing things for God. I don't feel guilt. I don't feel pressure. I don't feel anxiety about not being good enough. I feel since I am already good enough, I know I can do these things um, and pour back into the kingdom. So prayer requests. Uh, first a praise. We have praises and prayer requests. Uh, Kathy Randolph had prayed last year for her daughter, her granddaughter's healing. Um, the praise report is that they had, her name is Karsten, one-year cancer appointment, and she is still cancer-free. Uh, she will follow up again uh, in four months. So grateful. Great. Um, Barb Palmer uh, is having difficulties with um, COVID and her diverticulitis. Thanks, Jim. Um, for Nina's friend Elizabeth, a family lost their sister. Nina has the cold. She's not feeling well. That's why she's not here. We miss you, Nina. Mama Nina. Uh, Jeff and Jennifer uh, still searching for affordable housing, somewhere that's permanent. Um, and Cynthia found out she will not be getting enough hours at work, and so she is um, applying for other jobs and hoping to be able to have enough hours at work. Wis needs wisdom uh, and dependable employment. Also from, Sin uh, from Cynthia, my cousin Chris committed suicide. He was found this morning. This is today, I believe. Sorry about that. Um, pray for his three children, siblings, and my Aunt Barb. Also, uh, travel safety for my cousin, just traveling to Alabama. And pray for Fran. Fran has cold symptoms. All right, Father, we bring all of these things to you. We know that you are 
incredible. We know that you love each and every one of us, and there are difficulties in life, Father. We know this. We know that when we feel down, when things are difficult, when we are feeling low, that you do see us. You are the God who sees us. We pray for Barb that we would that she would be healed. And we pray for Nina's friend um, who lost their sister, Elizabeth's family, uh, that you would bring comfort to them. And also uh, for Cynthia's cousin, Chris, the family, the children, the siblings, everybody around that that is so tragic and difficult. And we pray that you would bring comfort, that each person would feel seen by you, that you would draw close, draw them close to you, Father, and hold them. We pray for Nina to be healed, that she would feel healthy and strong again. And uh, Jeff and Jennifer, we pray that uh, you would provide an incredible place for them to live, that it would be long, a long-term solution, something that is convenient, that uh, allows them to uh, do things that they need to do in life. And we also pray for um, Cynthia's job that you would provide employment, something that is dependable. Pray for wisdom, pray for courage, and pray for favor with anyone she interviews with or talks with, Father, that you would bring her to a place where she has um, dependable and consistent income. We pray all of these things. Oh, and we pray for Fran, who is also struggling with cold symptoms. Father, uh, pray for healing for her as well. pray all these things in your name and for your glory. We love you. Amen. Thank you, Thank you Matt. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, live stream audience, for being here today and participating. If you're unaware and you live here in Denver, we'd love to invite you to come join us for our watch party here. We'll start the gathering at 3.30, kickoff is at 4.30, as you know, and so uh, we have food and drink, and we're going to have a great time, so if you want to come back, join us uh, anytime leading up to the game there, or after the game starts, doesn't matter if you can't be here before, and again, if this is your first time hearing it, and you're here in the Denver area and would like to come, come on, nothing for you to do but bring yourself, all right? and your family. So God bless. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next Sunday. Bye-bye.